Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. I'm Mike Williams, the founder and president of Altius Financial. And I'm Taylor Dennis, Senior Wealth Design Specialist and VP of Altius Financial. If you've been following along with our recent podcast episodes, you may have noticed we've done a few lifetime expense planning episodes to help our listeners prepare for big potential life milestones. You may have listened to our furry family planning episode, and today's episode discusses pricey prenatal and pregnancy costs. Mike, can you start us off with our disclaimer first? This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of investment advice or financial planning. No client advisor relationship is formed by our broadcasting this information or your listening to it. The use of this information or any materials linked to in this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant as a substitute for professional financial advice. If you're needing specific advice for your situation, please reach out to your certified financial planner. Or if you're interested in learning more about our firm, our people, or our philosophy, please reach out to us at our website, altiusfinancial.com, or you can reach us directly by email at michael at altiusfinancial.com or taylor at altiusfinancial.com. So, okay, Taylor, many of our listeners may have already had children or even grandchildren. Is this even a good episode? I mean, it's interesting because I remember how expensive the pregnancies Uh, And that whole process was with my daughters. How relevant is this now? And that's a great point. I think the value here is, like you just said, how you remember how pricey it was with your daughters. Um, I think to the generations coming up, I think there's a lot of push on, okay, get married, okay, have children. But no one really says, here's what a wedding's going to cost, or here's what going through pregnancy and having a child is going to cost financially. Um, I think we all kind of get into it thinking, okay, eventually over 18 years, it's going to cost a lot to raise a child. But um, my thought for this episode is really for many households who are navigating the transition with, okay, am I work from home? Maybe I want to grow a family. My thought is that this should be helpful for friends, clients, likely clients, family members who may even be considering starting a family, but aren't yet aware of those financial implications. Yeah, you know, I've, I've used this phrase or this number, kind of a benchmark. And I'm sure some of our listeners have heard this before, but it, and this is a little bit out of date, but you know, that it costs about a quarter million dollars to raise one child. But similar to our pets and our furry finances episode, I don't think as many people really consider the just the upfront initial impact of starting or growing a family. But unless you haven't told me something, uh, you know, I know you haven't had kids yet, um, and but you've probably done some thinking about it. Let's kind of break down. You, I know you've done some research on it too. Yeah, so you're correct. There's definitely no buns in the oven or whatever they say these days. Um, not quite any babies yet for me, but. I have gathered some information on um, on this concept. So did you go to Google and just uh, kind of do some internet searches? Is all the stuff that uh, could be Googled by our, our listeners itself? Yeah, so I, I would definitely advise our listeners to do some Google searching themselves, especially since some things can be a little bit price different based on location. A lot of my research was kind of a combination of, obviously, yes, Google, but I have a family member who my sister-in-law recently had a baby and I have a close friend who she also recently had a child. And so I think trying to gather some different data from people who've had kids in the last 
12 months or less, in one case in the last month or less, and kind of gathering that information and saying, okay, I know everyone's talking about inflation and how maybe prices have changed in the past couple of years, but from someone who's been so recent with it, I would assume that those numbers are maybe a little bit more accurate. Well, Mike, I'm also, I just want to add in, I'm hoping that since you have three daughters of your own, maybe some of your experiences can help maybe thinking through some of those expenses that I haven't yet thought of. Yeah, maybe so. Although it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, and so maybe there's something you're going to think of and say, hey, we need to add this. Taylor, you haven't had a kid yet. You don't know what it's like. And so maybe you'll, you'll catch me on something I might've missed, but I would say, let's start with the pregnancy itself. I think assuming, I mean, I know there's people who want to do home births as well, but assuming you're planning to use healthcare providers and hospitals, you definitely have to prepare for those medical visit costs. From the information I've gathered, there's really different perspectives on depending on the location and the type of healthcare coverage that you're getting. So what did you find? So for people with government type healthcare insurance, like TRICARE, you may find that you're only actually paying the copays and maybe those are around $100 per visit. So likely multiple hundreds of dollars for the different visits, but that's all you're really paying. And then the birth appointment in that case is actually fully covered by insurance. I would say the TRICARE insurance situation is maybe more of an anomaly though. In most cases, and for most insurance premiums, you'll likely pay out your copays similarly. You'll you'll have whatever that copay amount is based on your personal insurance benefit, but then you'll also have to pay for the birth appointment itself. I do think it's helpful to note that the average cost of a U.S. baby delivery through vaginal delivery is actually $13,000 for that birth appointment. And if you're going to go and have a C-section, that cost jumps up to $22,000. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to have to pull out of my retirement savings to have a child. I don't know about our listeners. It just seems like that's a very large sum of money to pay for a one-day doctor visit. And then I found it also interesting, depending on your doctor. So my sister-in-law explained to me that their doctor specifically, rather than you waiting until you have the baby and then you pay out based on whatever is left after your insurance coverage, rather than paying it that way, they actually had them pay at each visit, at each doctor visit, they had to pay a portion of the delivery price. So in her case, it would be that C-section cost. And she was paying thousands of dollars at each hospital appointment in anticipation of having that delivery that specific way. Was that sort of like a financing plan, just kind of not having it all come at once, once the birth happened, just to sort of you know, spread it out over time? Is that what the, the strategy was there? I think it's honestly the way that the, cause she didn't select to do it that way. That's how, that was the only option they allowed. So all of the patients that come into that hospital to have children have to pay it that way. And I'm wondering if it's because people are surprised by these bills. I mean, if you, if you come in to have a child and you maybe don't have good insurance or you have a large out-of-pocket deductible, you might find that you're going to pay close to that $13,000 amount just because you have to reach that base deductible or meet your out-of-pocket max. And if that's the case, you're quickly finding that, hey, maybe maybe I didn't save enough for this birthing appointment. And so I'm assuming the hospital probably is doing that to avoid having people not pay their bills. Yeah, that, you know, that's a whole different topic, the, you know, the healthcare system <laughs> and, and how how it's uh, sort of dysfunctional. I mean, I, I think people don't realize how much hospitals, doctors, medical care costs. And, you know, mm-hmm. one could think, okay, well, I'm pregnant now and I should be able to have a baby. Well, yeah, maybe you should be able to, but 
you know, if you're going to need all these different services, they cost money. Yeah, definitely. And so the advice that I had received from my sister-in-law was that you're likely going to find that based on all the healthcare costs that you have, especially with that delivery, you're going to probably hit your out-of-pocket max just because you've got all the different appointments, you've got the ultrasounds, all the different check-ins, the blood appointments, and all of that whole process. And then when you add in this large delivery appointment cost, you're going to quickly find that whatever your max out-of-pocket is for that calendar year, that's what you're going to probably hit just to have that child. And so for those of you who maybe were saying, "Ah, I don't need health insurance this year, I'll do it next year. I'm taking a little break from that because I don't have a lot of medical expenses. You want to be aware that you're likely going to have to foot 13 to 22, 23,000 out of pocket if you're not covered by any kind of coverage. And if you are covered, you're likely, depending on your max out of pocket, going to still probably foot maybe five to 10,000 as it is. Which for some people, that's that's a large amount of money. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. It, it, it definitely adds up and, and you know, the baby hasn't even gone home yet, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and so speaking of the baby, the other thing I found kind of crazy is the way the insurance works once the baby is actually born. So when the baby's in your belly, obviously that's part of the healthcare deductible towards the mom and the family. That's towards meeting that full out-of-pocket max that you're really building up on throughout the whole year. And once the baby is born, they have fully individual expenses. The baby is now a fully functioning individual, even if they wow. just came out, and um, and they're going to be billed as such. So quickly find that the child needs to have their own insurance policy and any after labor procedures or after labor care or the hospital stay the night after birth for that child will all be billed separately onto that child, which that's something I wasn't aware of previously. Did you find that that was the same case when you had three daughters? Yeah, I think it was the same case, but it wasn't, uh, I don't think it was as expensive and, and we had anticipated some of it, but we were expecting to have certain bills and, and I don't know, it just seemed like it, uh, it all worked out. I mean, one of the things that people don't realize is how expensive it is having a child, but they also are just saying, well, we'll make it work. Somehow we'll make it work. We're going to, you know, we'll, we'll lower our lifestyle for some time period uh, and kind of grow into it. But you're just talking about at the hospital and not even all the things you need to take care of a baby, right? Yeah, this is just you getting your health and your delivery process. And I mean, this isn't even including, I don't know, milk or formula or any of that yet. So yeah, I think children are likely, I don't know if everyone else is on the same page as me, but children are one of those situations where they're maybe a little bit more expensive than is commonly aware. And probably because I don't think it's something that's commonly discussed. I think people talk about all the exciting, fun, loving things about starting a family and growing a family. But I don't think it's as frequently discussed that, hey, are you financially ready for this large purchase at whatever time that you end up having the child? And then yeah. how does that affect your year of insurance? Well, you know, you've got clothing, a crib, dresser for their clothes, the nursery stuff. I mean, people, do, a lot of times people, obviously maybe it's people of means, but they do a whole nursery for their child or their, their new baby. All the supplies, diapers, car seats, strollers, you know, you're talking about thousands of dollars just in maybe the first six months of things that you'll need 
that isn't to mention like a baby registry or family or friends who will help out that way. Yeah, definitely. And so that is one thing to point out that, and especially for a first child, you might want to look at saying, okay, well, are you going to set up a baby registry? Are you going to do maybe a baby shower or something as is a family member or friend going to host one of those? And can that kind of curb some of those costs? I know for one of my friends, she shared that she has all the clothes she needs for her child for the first year because most of her baby registry was just different baby clothes. And on that note, I do want to remind our listeners that I have been informed by multiple moms that if you are buying gifts for babies and you want to buy them clothes because clothes are kind of cute and fun to buy because they're small. And I think it's always exciting to get cute little clothes, but please keep in mind if you're shopping for a mom or a newborn mom or a new to be mom, look at clothes of different ages. Oftentimes people will load up on all the newborn clothes and the kid might grow out of that in the first week or two. So you want to make sure you're buying clothes of all different sizes and especially maybe leaning towards like the one year or the eight months time when maybe they don't have as much of those clothes quite yet prepared for. And what about, you know, just the feeding part um, you know, that, that can be pretty expensive as well. Yeah. So it really depends on the mom because not all moms feed formula. Some moms are going to have breastfeeding. Some moms can't do breastfeeding. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, if you're going to buy a pump itself to do breastfeeding and you want to have a pumping process, those pumps can cost between two to $500, but oftentimes you can find that they'll be covered and reimbursable through your insurance. So I would definitely look into your insurance provider and see what kind of pump you would have available and what kind of coverage you have for that. For formula feeding, my sister informed me that they pay about $10 per day for food. So for a financial perspective, you're looking at 70 per week for formula. And when I look at my grocery bill and I could say, well, if I had a small family, maybe 150 per week could be your full family grocery bill. But all of a sudden, half of that cost is going to go towards daily formula feeding. Looking at it from the maybe more cost friendly, you could maybe go to Costco and do the canned method and get the cans of baby formula. I was told that at Costco, you could maybe get two cans for 50 bucks. So I'm not certain how long those last, but Google told me you need about three cans per month. So maybe you're looking at $75 a month rather than 70 a week. So there's definitely an option to consider as well. But if you can do breastfeeding, that food is obviously free based on you're nourishing yourself and then you're nourishing your child through that. Mike, do you have any insight on how much food babies need or is there, do you think I'm correct on the, the three cans? Do I have any insight on uh, breastfeeding versus uh, formula? Not really. I mean, it's been a while, <laughs> Taylor, um, yeah. but I know, I know it's expensive. And like you said, the pumping process and that whole thing, um, it just, it is like you said, more expensive than many new parents are anticipating. And then there's the whole issue of diapers, right? Yeah. So for diapers, I was told that you can get about 31 diapers in a package and a package costs about $11 right now. And if the baby's going to do about 12 diapers per day at about 35 cents per diaper based on the package price, you're looking at about $4.25 per day or maybe just about $5 per day. Now, let's say you multiply that by 30 and a half. So like the 30 and a half month days, <laughs> like you maybe have 30 days, maybe you have 31 days. You're getting close to about $130 a month just on the diapers. 
So I, I think quickly our new parents are going to find that, okay, they're increasing their food costs. They're increasing the costs for these diapers, maybe a few thousand dollars of upfront expenses just to get everything set up. So the baby's got somewhere to live, something to wear, somewhere to sleep. It's definitely going to quickly add up. Yeah, no kidding. Is there anything else that a person needs to consider for a newborn care costs? Um, it's not necessarily care, but a lot of people like to get newborn photos taken. So you want to have that photography and the special moments saved. And I've heard that those, those seem to cost around $400. Wow. So what about when they're done, when, when a new parent is done with their parental work leave? You know, what types of expenses should be added at that time? That's a great question. The next option becomes, what kind of childcare do you want? Do you want an in-home nanny? Do you want to spend on daycare? Are you going to take care of the child yourself? And really, what's the trade-off there? For daycare costs, they really vary based on location, but could be anywhere from maybe $1,400 to $2,500 per month, just depending on where you live. And for nannies, you're going to expect to pay around $50,000 per year as like a nanny salary, which is closer to maybe $4,166 per month. So you're going from maybe a one dollars to $3,000 per month and you're jumping that up to all the way up to 4000 if you decide to do a nanny. And then the trade-off really becomes at that point, can you afford to pay this type of childcare? What's the salary you're currently making? And should you keep working or should you maybe have one of the caretakers resign from their job in order to cover these costs if their salary isn't really covering what that childcare cost is? Yeah, so it really adds up. Uh, you know, For our listeners who may be considering now if it's now a decent time or a smart time financially for them to start a family, what else? What are the key takeaways there? Yeah, so some of the key takeaways are you likely need to be prepared to cover your entire out-of-pocket max for your insurance policy and be potentially prepared to cover that amount in advance. So I would be prepared for um, making those payments just in case you actually need to in advance if that's what your hospital is going to require. You should also be prepared to cover maybe an additional maybe 3200 or so of just starting supplies. I mean, you're going to need food, diapers, the crib, the dresser, the baby carrier, a stroller, just the things that are basics just to keep your kid alive and well and safe and cared for. In addition to that, you want to evaluate your family finances and see how does your work and childcare costs really work into your budget? Can you handle doing both work and paying for childcare or do you need to have those offset? Wow. So in my own case, since I'm a little bit older than you are, Taylor, uh, you know, I have the experience of seeing both clients and myself. Once you're beyond the birth and the daycare and the early childhood type stuff, then you have you know, sports and hobbies and family travel and ongoing grocery bills and uh, healthcare costs, saving for college and lots more. Although I, you know, I want to, ha- I want to hasten to add that we're, we're talking about just the expense is not the, the actual plus side, which is incredible. I mean, it, for people who want to have children, it's worth every penny. It's, you know, it's, it's beyond, you can't calculate the, the value that uh, having children that you love and, and that you, you know, watch them grow into young adults and so forth. It's, it's beyond measure, but it's important that people realize that it's expensive. It can be very emotional and it's a big financial commitment. Hopefully some of these numbers are helpful to our listeners in preparing for and determining if now or ever is the right time to start a family. Yeah. I hope this was valuable to our listeners. If you do have any other questions on 
what specific childcare planning would be best for you and what it would look like for your financial plan, definitely feel free to reach out to us. That's taylor at altiusfinancial.com or michael at altiusfinancial.com. Thank you guys again for listening to our podcast. We invite you to follow, like, friend, subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. All of our platforms are saved as one word. It's Altius Financial, A-L-T-I-U-S Financial. Thanks again for joining us. Happy Friday and capitalize on your Friday. Definitely capitalize on your Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. 